0: Hey, it's Rob Thomas here, and another installment on the 12 attributes of a leader in a podcast here. And this time I want to talk about a really nuanced topic, which is I described in the original post as setting expectations and accountability and empowerment. And what I've observed is these are really nuanced topics, and it's often very difficult certainly for new managers, to figure out how to do this. Because on one hand, people say, okay, I'm in a manager now, so I want to drive everything, instruct everybody what to do. But that can often be the opposite of empowerment. So you have to find some way to blend those two. Accountability is sometimes tough because sometimes when you get into accountability, you have to have difficult discussions. And certainly newer managers... Uh, Or people where it's just not their personality may not like having a tough discussion around accountability. But I want to start with expectations because what I've observed is that one thing I see a lot of managers fail to do is to make it perfectly clear what good performance means in their organization or for an individual in a certain role. And, you know, I heard a quote one time, um, it was actually from a sports coach, and he said, you're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. Anything that's happening on your team, you're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. And I thought that was a good way to think about expectations because, look, if you don't set them, then anything could happen. If, If you do set them, then you're either coaching them and reinforcing them or you're allowing the team to do something different. And so that's why expectations can be very difficult. I want to bring John Murphy into the discussion. John is a a VP, leads all all of our product strategy and offering management in IBM Analytics. So I'm going to bring John into here to have this discussion. John, how are you? Good. How are you doing today, Rob? Doing really good. Thanks for joining me on the podcast here. So I want to kind of break down each of these a bit. So I kind of started with expectations making it clear what good performance means. Talk to me about how you think about that, what you've done with teams, you know, now or in the past, how you set expectations.
1: So I think one of the big things uh, that's been a, a determiner of success and failure across my time leading teams has been whether expectations are set on very specific tasks or whether expectations are set on the way people approach their jobs, the values they're driven by, and the overall goals of the business that they're driven to. Uh, it strikes me that if you if you set very tactical goals on very specific items, it's very easy for people to just get lost in the minutia of doing specific tasks. Whereas if everyone's bought into the expectations that are driven by the overall imperatives of the business, by, by what the business is trying to accomplish... Then it's actually a lot easier for people to understand what your expectations are as opposed to having to speculate about that or guess about that. So I think expectations are critical, uh, but I think it's important that they be driven at the level of people's overall behavior. You know, you expect a certain amount of professionalism, you expect a certain amount of effort, um, you expect a certain set of outcomes, and you expect that there'll be errors along the way. But if they're done in the context of trying to achieve those big goals, everyone can live with that.
0: So you're talking about really different level of expectation, or different levels of expectations. Which is, you know, one is kind of alignment around a business direction or a business strategy. And if people have that umbrella, then they're more likely to act in the you know the right way or the or the expected way. But then two is you can kind of decompose that down to an individual or a team. How do you how do you communicate this stuff? Because both of those things involve communication. So is that formal? Is that informal? Is that in one-on-ones? I mean, how do you make this clear?
1: So I think a lot of the time, one-on-ones are the best forum. Sometimes, you know, issues come up where it has to be dealt with in a group forum. I think if you have to deal with it in a group forum, it's really important to be uh, direct and and. I don't know if unemotional is the right the right word, but if someone's being yelled at, if someone feels they're being put down, it's actually very easy for them to ignore that feedback. Whereas if the feedback is is very factual and just you know I'm finding too many issues with this, um, and if it's delivered in in a matter of fact, straightforward way, it's actually a lot harder to dismiss. So I think that's a big thing about the way that feedback is delivered. As far as the expectations, I guess let me give you a quick example here. You know, if someone understands the overall objectives of the business, but they've got some tactical task that they need to do, and they decide in their best judgment that the tactical task is going to have to be late because there's something bigger and more important they've got to do for the business, that's fine. That's something they're allowed to do. But if they decide to go completely dark on the tactical task and not even tell anyone they're delaying it, that's not fine. So again, a huge amount of this is, is expectation. Everyone has time to write a quick note saying, Hey, I've had to prioritize something else. Uh, And sometimes you just have to do that.
0: I think that's a good point. It's, and I think your point is don't, if you're going to do that, And even if it's the right decision, it's not something that can necessarily be done in a vacuum because then the expectation that you've set with the organization, if it's suddenly not happening, that could impact somebody else. And so it's about how you communicate that and make it clear.
1: Let's uh, Absolutely. If someone comes and says, you know, I've got this other imperative, I really have to do something else between now and Friday, very easy for everyone to understand that. Someone just goes dark, then who knows what's happening
0: got it. Let's get into accountability. I think this is in in some places this is very easy. Um or in some situations it's very easy. You own this, you get it done, you're accountable. In the minute companies or organizations get even a little bit larger, you often get into I'd say complicated accountability. You know, let's take a organization with different functions. You know, you got development and offering management as an example, or maybe you've got a different functional team sales or something like that. I think one role of a leader is you have to eliminate complicated accountability. M- my kind of rule has been anytime two people own something, it probably by definition doesn't get done because then both of them think the other one's doing it. But that means you then you have to be clear on this is what you own versus what this is what you own. Um, What are your thoughts on that? How do you deal with accountability across different organizations? I mean, you've got offering management um, in your current responsibility. You've had other roles in development. There's an interplay there. How do you think about that?
1: Well, well, one simple tactical thing that you just touched on there that I think is important is uh, when everyone gets together and decides what needs to be done, it does matter that we all say, okay, who's doing what? Uh, So clear assignments matter. Just assuming everyone will go off and figure it out isn't a great idea. So, I, you, you kind of touched on that there, but I think that's probably worth emphasizing. I think the other thing that goes to uh, accountability is people, obviously, everyone wants to be listened to, everyone wants to be respected, everyone wants to be allowed to make decisions. But the trade off in any kind of collaborative organization. Is if you want people to listen to your opinion, you have to bring knowledge. you have to bring expertise. And certainly, you know in in my years of running different teams and development and offering management, one common thread is regardless of what your official functional role is, if you're the person who's done the homework, then other people will listen to you. And even if you're not sort of formally the the, the decision maker, You can be the person who drives the team. You can be the person who drives the accountability. You can be the person who other folks listen to if you're the one who's done the homework and has the knowledge. Uh, So I, I think real clarity over who's doing what and then people taking responsibility themselves for bringing information, for doing the homework, solves a lot of problems.
0: So how do you decide who owns something, who's accountable? So if you're dealing with different functional organizations, do you pick the person that you have the most confidence in, whether it's in their scope or not? Or do you always do it based on, well, this is the scope of your role, therefore you're accountable, you're on point for this? How do you approach that?
1: Uh, well, in that initial, in that initial assignment, I'm a big believer in – trying to empower the person whose job it should be. I I think we owe it to everybody to give them a chance to do their job. If if ultimately someone can't do their job, obviously you have to take action on that. But we owe it to everyone to at least give them the opportunity to succeed or fail. So I I think it's very dangerous to always go to the person you think can get it done. Because bad things happen at both ends of the spectrum. The person who always gets stuff done just gets all the work. The person who always slacks just gets no work. (laughs) So you you can't head down that path, or you get to the end of the year and the slacker hasn't done anything, but they also weren't asked to do anything. So they met their, you know, there were no expectations, and they met the no expectations.
0: Right, Uh, and the the organization doesn't get better.
1: Just start by giving everyone a chance to do the right thing.
0: Yeah, that makes sense because otherwise you end up in this trap where the organization is not getting better if you kind of you know manage around people, if you will. Um, Which kind of gets last point. So last point was around empowerment, and I think this is especially tough for new managers because they come into the role and they think I want to be involved in every decision because I'm the manager. I I've always told my team, look, my goal as a manager is to not have to work. Meaning the ideal role for me is I hire such great people that I'm never needed. Um, you know, in reality, it doesn't work out that way. But the point is that you want to create enough empowerment that people are comfortable just going and acting and doing the right thing with always without always asking for permission. How do you create a sense of empowerment in a team?
1: I think there's a couple of really important things here. One is – It's really important for a manager to think about the decisions they're making. And, you know, anyone in a management position is going to have people presenting their plans to them. There are going to be people on the team who come forward and say, I'm going to do A, B, and C. And if you look at that list and you think, well, okay, one of those things is is really wrong. It's a disaster. It's going to hurt the business. You obviously have to correct that. But if you look at the list and go, well, yeah, you know, one of those things isn't what I would do, but it's fine. It'll work. It just, have, you know, they're choosing blue, I would have chosen red, or they're choosing up, I would have chosen down. But it's not a material damage to the business. I think you let them go. I think you let them make the decision. Every manager should be able to think of examples where the team isn't doing exactly what they would have preferred, but where they decided that the right thing to do was to let the person go ahead and make that decision. Again, not if it's a material damage to the business, but if it's a preference thing, if it's a close call, you you default to letting the team do what they want to do. The other quick thing I would mention on this is I think there are some, especially some less experienced managers who get frustrated by the flow of problems that come to them. And it's important for managers to realize the problems are the job. I mean, that's sort of to go to your comment about if you had a perfect team, you wouldn't have any work to do. Yeah. I mean, to the extent you have work to do, it's resolving the issues. So if you think of the issues as, okay, this is just another thing I have to do today. It's just the job. As opposed to feeling like you're drowning in the issues and can't wait for them to stop. Once you take that that different view on the work that's coming, I think life gets a lot easier for that inexperienced manager when they realize that, yeah, this is the job, and I can enjoy the job, even if it's made up of problems.
0: It's funny. I have had a number of people say that to me where they, they make a comment like, you know, if I can just get past this set of issues, then I'll be able to focus on what I want to focus on. And I always kind of chuckle because I'm like, <laughs> their issues are always going to be there. That's the price of leadership.
1: Absolutely. This, this is the gig. And once you get your head around that, you can enjoy it.
0: <laughs> well said. So look, expectations, accountability, empowerment. As as I said at the start, I think these are all a bit nuanced topics. But it's one of these things when you see a leader that does all of them or one of them really well. It's it's immediate obvi- immediately obvious. It may not be why it may not be obvious why you know that, but you can just see in terms of the way that they work with their team and. You know, empower their team, enable their team, and, and it comes out in the success they have. Any closing thoughts on your side, Joe?
1: No, I think we yeah, we hit the high points. Like I say, just a quick reminder to everybody, uh, do the homework. Uh, you, you'll have a lot more success getting the team to do what you want if they can see that, that you've done the homework and brought the value with you. That would be my, my primary piece of advice to everybody.
0: I like that. You know, I use the phrase, be the smartest person in the room, but just because you are doesn't mean you have to tell everybody you are. But, you know, it shows up in your preparation, and bringing that type of point of view makes a big difference. Absolutely. John, great discussion. Thanks for making the time.
1: No problem. Thank you.